You are listening to the Revive the World Ministries podcast. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.org or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Jesus, for your presence. We are ready. We are willing. We want all that you have. I had this prophetic word given to me by one of our, our leadership team on our retreat. And, and then I won't share all of it with you, but there were just the first sentence said, uh, Beloved, be loved, be loved. <laughs> And uh, that's fitting for every single believer. That's not just a prophetic word for one person. That's a prophetic word for every son and daughter. You are beloved. You are to allow him to love you. And you are to become what you receive. Become love. And so, Father, thank you so much that we get to, we get to be loved by the God of the universe. That we get to... Uh, have fun with you, that we get to be held by you, that we get to see your face, stare into your eyes, and see what you have always seen since the foundation of the world, that we get to look in those love-struck eyes and see ourselves. (laughs) Oh, it's the best thing ever. (laughs) So thanks for clearer vision today on how you see us. Thanks for for willing hearts, ready to receive whatever it is that you have to say, what you want to do. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're already moving, you're already working. We just give you full permission to do anything, anything that you want to do. Oh, thanks, Jesus. If you said, that's not for me, I will warn you that you are in the danger zone. If you are in proximity of that prayer online or in the room. (laughs) It's not some religious statement that we make because it sounds good. We actually mean Holy Spirit. You can do whatever it is that you want to do. My gosh, it feels different in here. You guys feelers feel like, when I walked in the building today, we hadn't, the worship team was warming up, but I could feel this holy reverence and awe of of God, like in the room, and there's something different going on, and um, it's, uh, I believe it's, it's evidence when you submit yourself to another ministry that's been doing this for so long, it's been a revival for decades, like we did with Global Awakening this, this week. And um, there's, there's impartation that takes place for, for the individual, but there's also in t- impartation that takes place for the family of, of God, right? And so it's, I can feel the fire of God. It's, I wanted to turn the air conditioning on, but I wanted to be sensitive to, to most of you women, that, or at least some of you women that are, are probably cold. I hear it all the time. I'm cold. I'm, it's always cold in there. I'm like, feels good to me. I don't know. I'm never a good gauge. For temperature in a room. One of the greatest inventions ever was when they, on newer cars, when they made climate controlled zones, right? 
on the right you can have this, and on the left you can have this. And so this is Lindsay and I's life. Uh, <laughs> my last car I had ventilated seats or air-conditioned seats, and so I'd push that. That was me. Hers were on heated. Mine was on air. Hers was on heat. I, I, I've reminded her, though, that there is not a wall of separation between us. If you have it on 80, it will still affect me. <laughs> So we need to compromise here a little bit. <laughs> crank that down to at least 74 or 75, and I'll put mine on low, whatever temperature that is. I haven't figured that out yet. I think it goes to 60, and then it goes to low. I don't know. I guess 59's low to somebody, but sometimes not low enough for me. But I, I do. I feel God's holy fire. And when it's, when it's here, you know, he's, it's an invitation there's I can walk away with way more than I came with. It's just, it's spiritual. I don't have to understand all spiritual things. I just need to have faith and believe. That's it. I receive everything in the kingdom by faith. Not a feeling. If you say, I don't feel that, you don't have to feel it. When somebody says there's fire in the room, when I hear them say anything, whatever it is, they're like, fire of God's coming. I may not feel anything. I'm like, I receive that by faith. They're like, impartations come. I may not feel anything. I'm like, I receive it by faith. Because everything in the kingdom comes by faith, not feeling. <laughs> and so we just came back from, from Voice of the Apostles through Global Awakening. Some of you know who Global Awakening is. Dr. Randy Clark and his wife Diana and uh, their team, Dr. Mike Hutchings, and, and a whole bunch of amazing people were there. Heidi Baker and Leif Hetland and uh, Will Hart and Joanne Moody. Uh, who else? Brian Starley, Charity Cook, William Wood. Who else was there? Samuel Rodriguez. You know the movie Breakthrough? Have you guys seen that movie Breakthrough? He's, he's the, the one that wrote that, that movie. Um, he, he, uh, he's into politics and Hollywood and all this stuff. And my gosh, he's an amazing preacher. Uh, he's on fire for Jesus. And so there was, it was a whole lot of fun. Um, have, I know some of you don't like boxing. Um, some of you do like boxing, but have you ever, have you ever seen somebody that was, or heard, heard the term punch drunk, yeah. right? When you're like, they don't know where you're at. That's what it feels like when you go to a voice of apostles conference. It's session. I mean, it's not like, well, the morning session, we'll have a little worship and we'll hear somebody teach. No, they're like, it's all in. You get into the building, you're getting wrecked by God. They're all there. It's like. All day long, morning session to until 10, 11 o'clock at night. We spent one night for well over an hour on our faces before the Lord. Heidi Baker was speaking. I mean, it was this is all day. You're like, there's no recovery time. That's that's supposed to be the Christian life. <laughs> so no, no recovery. They're like, get it together. I'm like, no. I will not get it together. <laughs> Oh, it was, it was uh, one of the, the greatest moments of my life happened on, on Wednesday night and being, being licensed by Global Awakening and, and then the following day with impartation. And, and uh, because uh, we feel passionate about this, one of the, we feel we're passionate about the whole world, but right now Pakistan's really heavy on our hearts and I'll be back there in, in December. And Leif Hetland's been in, in Pakistan for over 20 years. And he's seen over a million Muslims give their life to Jesus. And he's seen some of the craziest miracles 
you've ever heard about, paraplegics walking. I mean, just, I mean, crazy stuff. And he is very, the whole team, what I loved about that, people that were there all very vulnerable. But during impartation, you know, you have hopes. You're like, I'd be cool if Leif would pray for me since I'm getting ready to go back to Pakistan. And here come, and lo and behold, you're standing there with your eyes closed. And you're like, you know what, Lord, I don't, really, I don't care if a kid prays for me. I, I don't care if anybody prays for me as long as I get what you got. That doesn't matter. Like, it's not dependent on a person. So don't hear that. Like, you don't need the rock star preacher to pray for you. Like, Jesus can give you whatever he wants in, in your bedroom. Like, in a dream. Like, you don't have to. But if I'm there, <laughs> I figured, let's go. Let me, you know. <laughs> and so, in here, lo and behold, here comes life. And who has ever heard life speak or, or saw, witness life? Like, seen his face? He is, what you see him smile, my, my friend David, David Wagner and him are really good friends. And he said, when I first met him, we were in the bush in Africa. And, uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning, they, they call it the bush hair. Because your hair's all jacked up and you don't have, you know, you're not in America. <laughs> You've got a cot to sleep on. and uh, It's not the Holiday Inn or the Marriott or the Hyatt or whatever you like. And uh, and David's like, Leif just smiles all the time. He said, said, I finally told him, bro, you're freaking me out. (laughs) Looking at me like that all the time. He just knows how much he's loved. And here he comes smiling. I look at him. And you're like, okay, Lord, what do you want to do? And and then um, somewhere about an hour later, (laughs) <laughs> I looked up, and I was perpendicular to the floor, and I saw how, and I was like, wow, I didn't realize I was this close to the front row. There was lady, I was, <laughs> my head was, was here, there was a lady sitting here where Adam was, I'm like, well, this is, now I feel awkward. <laughs> and she just looked at me, honey, don't even try to get up yet. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Five times I'm trying to get off the floor. I'm not kidding. I just want to, you know, there's, I don't know how many, a couple thousand people there. You're on the, in the altar area, you know. And then you're like, I can't. God's doing something. So just let him do it, all right? Stop resisting. <laughs> I'm sorry if you have any trauma from that, that phrase. But uh, <laughs> in the kingdom, it's good. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was a life changing those trips. Thanks for praying for us when we go on those trips. It is it's life altering. The the relational connection that we bond together it gets deeper on those trips. When you encounter the Lord together and share vulnerable moments together, you're going you're going deeper in friendship. And that's what that's what ministry is about. It's a it's about friendship and the ministry should flow out of friendship. It's not supposed to be about ministry, because if it's just about ministry, then you're going to have something very shallow and very fragile. And we've learned we're bonded. To, we're bonded together. We're connected because of trips like that. And I believe that there's going to be some impartation today for you guys. I believe it's already started to happen. I don't have control over who gets what. Um, I have little control of, of anything in my in my life. A few things I have control over. I'm grateful for. <laughs> And uh, 
So let me give a couple words of knowledge. Some of you took it somewhere I wouldn't plan on planning on go, but going. So does somebody have uh, some? Like, I felt like somebody had searing pain right here around your T11 or T12, or it would be your L1 vertebrae back here somewhere. You have like a sear. It felt like a fire poker was in my back. Have you have you had it for about uh, eleven or twelve months, or has it been longer? I was just guessing on, on that. Well, not guessing, but I felt I was trying to hear the Lord on that. You were born with hip dysplasia then, because hip dysplasia you have to be born with, right? No. Okay, and it's searing pain in that spot right there. Will you just stand up real quick? And somebody have right forearm pain too? I wasn't real sure about this, but it also felt like um, right in this in this area near your elbow. Anybody? No, Joe. No. You, do is it? Which arm is it? Is it your your left arm? Okay, we'll have Sam pray for you. So thanks to Jesus for healing right now. We just just put put your hand right back there where it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just, uh, yeah, both, both people, just put your hand right there and just, just say this with me. Just say, be healed in Jesus' name. <laughs> thanks, Lord. Yeah, thanks, Lord, for all the hip dysplasia leaving, too. Yeah, all that going back into place. Thank you for the, the, the disc going back into its appropriate place. Thank you for the short uh, leg or a leg that's longer. Uh, we thank you for those evening out right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, hips go back into place, stay there. In Jesus' name, we thank you for that, Lord. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. You check it, check it out and, and see, see how it is. Can you do something that you couldn't do before? Yeah. It's starting to loosen up. Is it, what did you say, 50% or more better? More better. It is? Okay. We just just take a few more seconds and continue doing what you couldn't do before, just on your, you know, your terms, however it feels to you. Yeah, thanks to Jesus for the rest of the healing right now. Just those of you around her, just point at Ashley and, yeah, thanks for finishing it, Lord. You started it. Sometimes these, sometimes they happen immediately, and sometimes it, we see it a few minutes later. You know, for whatever reason. Yeah, thank you, Jesus, for the rest of it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. How's it? How's it? Do, how's it? How's it going? How's it doing? <laughs> yeah. Better. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Yeah. He's good. I also heard this, and so I, I knew. So Jonah's here with us, Jonah and Jake. It's good to see you guys, man. Uh, not under the circumstances, but seeing you at all is always good. Um, but I knew it was for, for them, but I didn't know they were in the room when I heard it. But I felt like that the Lord said there was joy coming from mourning. 
So I don't know who needs joy for mourning. You'll you'll know it if you just it'll come it'll just come on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks Jesus for joy coming in this moment for mourning. Joy into hearts, into emotions. Your strength in these moments that we desperately need. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you that there's no time limit on on grief on mourning. <clears throat> But through your joy, through your strength, we can take one step, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, if anybody feels stuck, we thank you, Father, for helping through your strength to move forward, taking the next step. Yeah, thanks, Jesus. Jesus' name. You know, grief is is a process, but again, process means that I am... Even it doesn't matter how fast I'm moving, I am moving at some at some level, and it's just a little. Maybe it, it may not be evidence to anybody else. Nobody else may see it, but you and the and the Father know. You know, there's a little bit of healing that comes. It's, a, it's just, it's it's not it's not forgetting. It's it's becoming becoming holy again, right? <clears throat> so we got a lot of us have plenty of experience in that, and I'm telling you, joy is is the answer. <laughs> Jesus is, is the answer. And so today I'm going to talk to you. I told you that I was going to talk about impartation, and I already did. I told you it was going to be impartation today. So <laughs> there you go. But I'm actually going to talk to you about tithes and offerings today. But I'm not going to talk to you about money. <laughs> I once a year... Once a year for the last four years, five years, I have talked about, about tithing, about tithes and offering, and actually just about tithing. So uh, this will be in reference to that, but let me make this statement again. You'll know before the end that I'm not talking to you about money, but I want to use money as the, as the subject matter to get our attention. So don't tune me out. If you don't like tithing, you don't believe in tithing, you don't agree in tithing, with whatever, I don't, my, your belief system is, is not important to me concerning the subject matter of tithing. But I, I do believe that the Lord is going to use this today to, to direct us to what is actually more important. Because I believe that all these things, like tithing and what spiritual disciplines that we have in our life are all, all pointing to something that's far more important. Because who knows? Money is, is, va- is valuable uh, according to world standards, and it advances the kingdom. Like, we need money to advance the kingdom. It costs money to go on mission trips. It costs money uh, to do the things. It costs money to keep the lights on, to places like this, to train and equip people, uh, to have events where we uh, get connected deeper and we celebrate one another and, you know, with whatever. It's a... Uh, Thanksgiving thing, a Christmas thing, a pastor appreciation thing, we're hanging out together. These things, they, they do cost money. So it, it is valuable. It is to be a weapon in the hand of a Christian. <laughs> God doesn't mind us having stuff. He just doesn't want stuff to have us. So <clears throat> some think Jesus uh, wants, he wants, mm, let, me start, let me start here. Luke 16 talks about, I'm just going to reference it, I'm not going to go there, in verses 10 through 13, Luke is saying how 
if you can't be trusted in unrighteous mammon, then who will trust to you true spiritual riches? If you didn't know unrighteous mammon is money. And so there is also uh, a belief system that I carry that I believe that there's a spirit behind uh, that particular thing, which is money. There's a, there's a spirit, there's greed. Uh, it, it captivates people. It pe- puts people in bondage. It causes people to be inwardly focused. And it, it's self-preservation. It's opposite of the kingdom. There's no self-preservation in the kingdom. It's uh, the prayer that I pray for you guys, the same prayer that I pray for my wife and for, for my son and daughter. I, I, I pray, Lord, I know you deliver us. I said, thank you for delivering us from evil, and thank you for making them more dangerous to the evil one. I'm not praying prayers of self-preservation over them, over my family. I'm praying prayers to make them dangerous to the darkness. <laughs> it's not just keep me, protect me, bless me, those, those kind of things depending on the, on the mindset, can be very Americanized church. There's no, there's no safety in the kingdom. I'm not to live a safe life. Now, I'm not saying, this is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you, you run out in traffic and do, do dumb things, right? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, godly wisdom, uh, but yes, realizing that I am not created to live, live safe. I am created to run towards darkness. Wherever that is for you, doesn't have to be the Middle East or somewhere that you think is dark, but literally, what, it just everywhere you go, there's darkness. You step outside that door, there'll be darkness somewhere, and you get to be light. And my intimacy level with the Lord depends on how much light I release. So I, I, I should say this first before I go any further, that at Voice of the Apostles, I, I made God a promise, and I told him uh, that I would never change the subject again concerning love. I would, never, I would never change the subject again concerning love. I want to make sure that we know that everything is rooted and grounded in love in the kingdom. If, if it's not, it's, it's not kingdom. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care the power it displays. I don't care how prophetic people are. I don't care if they cast demons out and preach the best sermons you've ever heard before. If it's not rooted and grounded in love, it's not kingdom. And so we were created to be rooted and grounded in love. And so this, when Luke is talking about un, unrighteous mammon, and he, he speaks to money, literally, I flip that and say, well, if I can be trusted with unrighteous mammon, that means I will be trusted with true spiritual riches. And that's what we want. True spiritual riches are salvations, seeing people delivered, seeing miracles happen for people. Because all those things demonstrate the love of the Father. The prophetic connects people to the Father's heart. When done from love, all those things are important, but depending on where they come from, will depend on the result of them. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. And so, when I'm able to be trusted, God says, "Here, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you an apartment, and see if you're ready for a house. Yeah. You'll take care of something that someone else's." It, because it says there in in Luke. 16, if you can't be trusted with what is another man's, then how are you going to be trusted with what is your own? So with every assignment comes grace. With every, with every assignment comes grace. With every assignment comes an anointing. Uh, with every assignment uh, comes the ability through that grace and through that anointing to accomplish the thing that God called us to. But with that, 
with every one of those things, there is there's one very important thing that is to precede all things, and that is self-sacrifice. <laughs> In Luke 16, verse 13, he said, if you can't, you, you got it up there, don't you? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and money. You cannot serve God and, and, and worldly wealth. You can't, you can't serve both. But you can serve God and be a business owner, be an entrepreneur, be whatever it is. And from that place, realizing that money is a weapon in my hand, I can actually become a, a part of the kingdom forcefully advancing throughout planet Earth when I have proper perspective on it. So hear me when I say this. There's nothing wrong with having it. It's all the, what, what is driving me? Why, why, do I, why do I want it? So tithing <clears throat> came about before the law. When you see Melchizedek and Abram, right? When Abram, he, he tithes uh, to Melchizedek. And so it came about before the law. It was justified by the law. And then it was ratified by Jesus. So Jesus reinforced it. In case you thought it was an old covenant principle, it's before the old covenant. Then it was justified by the old covenant. And then we came into the new and Jesus ratified it. And then the disciples took it a step further. Because you know that grace actually requires more than law. <laughs> because the law required me to have good behavior and to make sacrifices. Jesus said in the new covenant, because you have grace now, and my law's written in your hearts, you now are required to sacrifice yourself <laughs> and everything that you have. <laughs> it's not about 10% anymore. I've heard people say, well, it's about, I give 10% of my money, I give 10% of my time, I give 10% to, to fasting. Have you heard that principle before? I, 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 don't, I don't see where that's at. Because then I am measuring... And for the measure that I give will be measured back to me. And so I can live my life like that. And you still absolutely 100% go to heaven and be loved by the Father. Like his love won't change. It's all dependent on what I, what I want. Jesus gives me a choice. And he says, you can measure to me that 10% of your life all around and your finances and, and all that. Or you could just put the measuring spoon away. <laughs> and lay yourself down <laughs> and, and just give it all like I demonstrated to you. You could just, you can, I mean, we sing song. you can have it all, Lord. Like we sing, right? It's all for you. Like we sing all, we sing lots of, of great theological stuff in our music. Sarah and the team make sure that the songs we sing are theologically sound. They're, they're, they won't, they'll change the words in a song that doesn't have good theology. We do, we do that. You've never failed me? Used to say, yet, on the end of that song, right? Right? Never failed me yet. We're like, I'm like, uh, I think that was a mistake. I don't know how that word got in there. <laughs> I'm not waiting on you to fail me. <laughs> You've never failed me, period. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the song. 
Uh, but we're, we are making sure that we are, we are singing theologically sound songs. And what I sing, I should listen to what I am, I am saying in those words. Because when my declarations will get down in me, as Joe was saying, and they will, they will bring me into a place of decision. My, my words will pull me towards a choice to make. And, and, and so when I make these declarations through singing and my everyday life and scripture that I'm reading out loud, these are declarations that are pulling me towards something. And I propose to you that they are pulling us towards the fullness of what the Father created us to live in, which is complete 100% reckless abandon to Him, where I give Him no longer measuring, but give Him every, every single thing that I have. And it was, it was demonstrated in the, in the book of Acts. <laughs> so so w- let me say this real quick. Grace requires self-sacrifice uh, and not a tithe any longer, but 100% of everything. But we don't call it a requirement. The law called it a requirement. In the new covenant, we actually call it a privilege and a, and a joy. It's a get-to. Everything in the kingdom is a get-to. It's never a have-to. When I start saying, I have to do this, I have to go to work, I have to go to church, I have to give, all that stuff, I, I, need, to, I need to flip my perspective, get a new perspective, and then say, oh, I get to. Because everything in the kingdom is a get to. And it is our appropriate response to love. <laughs> what, should I, what should I do? What should I do with the love that he has given me? Give it all. Acts chapter 4, verse 32. You guys are back there. Thank you so much for putting scriptures up there. This is out of the New King James. Yeah, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. I can't find a better, better example because in the, in the book of Acts is, is where we see what Jesus said actually implemented in the lives of people. Right? You say, well, I don't understand what Jesus is saying. Well, look in Acts and see if you see them demonstrating it. It's, it's a place that I go to. It's one of my favorite books. It's the, it's the best model we have for the New Testament church. It's where I find myself often in this. In, in, in chapter 4, Peter and John have been arrested. They have uh, been beaten. They have been threatened. And, and they, they have basically said why they have been threatened not to ever speak the name of Jesus again. And they're like, well, is it better for us to listen to God or listen to you? You judge. And uh, they leave rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer for Jesus' sake. <laughs> they, they left rejoicing that they were worthy to suffer for Jesus' sake. And then they pray this crazy bold prayer and literally when they pray the holy spirit comes and shakes this is this is not a spiritual there wasn't a shaking in the spirit the building they were in literally shook when the holy spirit came and they're praying for god to give them boldness and stretch forth his hand through them to heal in the name of his holy servant jesus and then they preach the word of god boldly see we we pray prayers we see that their response, when they pray these prayers, there's action that comes after them. They believed that what they had prayed had happened for them, and then they put it into action. <laughs> I, I, I love that. It's practical. 
and both spiritual. In verse 32, it says, Now the multitude of those who believed are of one heart and one soul, neither did anyone say that any of his things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. Let me tell you what I'm not promoting. I'm not promoting communal living. I am not promoting the... I, I, I am, there's a point in this, okay? Don't think that the fence is going up around the place and we're going to start passing out Kool-Aid. Like, this is not that. Don't, don't let, let Holy Spirit speak to your heart in, in this passage. Because remember, again, I'm not talking about money. I know I've mentioned it, but it's not the point. It's just an attention getter. <laughs> it gets our attention. They say where your wallet's at there, where your heart will be also. <laughs> Come on. I'm telling you, that's... <laughs> I'd, I'd, rather give, I'd rather give my money than my time. I don't know about you, but it's easy to throw money at something. My time, I can't make more of. It's way more valuable than my money. <laughs> but but uh, again, I'm not talking about money. So verse 32... Again, now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. That's unity of the Spirit. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. This is what I propose to you. That they actually were able to do this with their stuff. That they said, none of these things that I own are mine any longer because they first laid down their lives. Because when I've laid down my life and sacrificed myself, I have no problem letting go of my stuff. <laughs> when I haven't done that, there will be evidence that I have a hard time letting go of my stuff, my money. You with me? So I, it, it appears to me, because of the way that the disciples lived, because you know that in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, when it says, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? We love that. If you got any Pentecostal background or whatever in that, you, you're like, I love Acts chapter 1, verse 8. I, I, just, I think the whole church should love it. You don't have to be Pentecostal or charismatic. Like It's just a great verse. <laughs> so it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. But that word witness isn't, it, it isn't in the Greek. It's actually the word martus, which means martyr. Jesus spoke to them. He said, power shall come upon you when the, when, the, when the Holy Spirit comes, and you shall be martyrs to the nations. So you will be demonstrations of what it is for your life to literally be laid down, for you no longer to count your life as your own, and then one day the rest will come. When you'll be literally, be literally martyred, right? Which 11 of the, the 12 were. So Jesus is, they, they get this. They know what they've signed up for. They spent time in the upper room. They're like, they were waiting on the promise of the Father. They had, already, they had already heard what Jesus had to say, and they had settled it in their hearts. They had settled that in their hearts. I, I'm, I know what I'm signing up for. Jesus was super clear. I don't know if somebody tricked you when you came to Jesus, and they said, if you'll come down to this altar, your life will be amazing. You'll never have any problems again. You... <laughs> It's so, it's so it's so hard to be remotely serious, <laughs> but they somebody sold. Have somebody sold you a dream? I'm sorry. Like, 
He made promises in his word, but they were not that. (laughs) He said things like, the world will hate you for my name's sake. (laughs) You'll endure endure suffering, but, but but be of good courage because I've overcome the world. And so he's like, oh, you, you can still have joy, remain in peace, walk in love, and, and know that it doesn't have to look all right and, you know, doesn't have to be feel okay, you know, every day. It doesn't, that the world doesn't have to be in agreement with our doctrine and, <laughs> and love our Jesus, right? They get to see love demonstrated through me in the midst of not ideal situations, because if I'm just demonstrating love in, in ideal situations or when I feel good or when everything's going right for me, then it's no different than just, you know, it's like loving my brother. Like, that's easy. Your love's not demonstrated by you loving your Christian brother or sister. That's supposed to be a given. Our love de- is measured by how much we love our enemies. <laughs> I believe that's the way you measure how much you actually love Jesus. Right? <laughs> Don't tell me, don't tell me you, you love Jesus and don't, don't love your brother. Don't tell me you love Jesus and don't love your enemy. Like it's, they go hand in hand. So there's evidence of when I'm allowing myself to be, be loved by him. And that, and that is evidenced by how much of me I've, I've given to him. If, I, if I've given him 10%, if I've measured myself and said, hey, here, you can have this, you can have this area. I did, I did that in 2003. I prayed a prayer. Got saved. I believe I was going to heaven. God healed my mind, healed my knees. Like I was whacked out, schizophrenic, like been up so long. I don't even remember. I didn't remember what day, month, or any of that, what it was. They t- tell me where I was. And, I was. and so I prayed a prayer, got saved, and then I said, Jesus, I'll give you this. I'll give you this. Give you the drug problem. Give you the, I really don't like the schizophrenia much. I think you can have that too. Right? <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you these things, but I'm going to keep this stuff to myself because I like it. Right? I've done it. I know, what it. I know what it's like. I can also ask you how that's working out for you because I know how it worked out for me. <laughs> it did not go well. And, and I'm not even, look, the point isn't that like bad stuff happened to me or like any of that stuff. It's that I didn't get to demonstrate love of the Father to other people because I hadn't fully, I hadn't fully embraced His love for me by fully surrendering my life to Him. Like it wasn't that, oh, well, things didn't go well. Like things don't go well for lots of, lots of people that are fully in love with Jesus. I could tell you horrific stories that I will not bum you out with that they told us at the at VOA, of what's happening in Africa and other places right now that are horrific, horrific. They'd stop you from ever complaining about your kids again. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Because you still have them alive in your arms. They're doing horrific, atrocious things to people every day overseas. So it's it's not about the, the bad things happening to me. It's that when, how much of him I, get, I give away, that I self-sacrifice is how much of him I'm able to actually receive. That's why he's trying to tell us, don't measure yourself to me. It's, it's not for his good, it's for mine. So that I can fully embrace the fact that he fully loves me, fully sees me, fully knows me, and then he will be known to those that are around me. Let's look back at Acts. Are you still with me? 
And with verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. What if, not saying this is a theology I'm trying to create, just saying what if, what if how much of me I gave to him was dependent on how much grace I received for the assignment that he had for me? What, what, what if how much of me I, I gave to him was dependent on how much grace I received for the assignment? Remember I said there's an anointing. Everybody has an assignment. Everybody does. I don't know what your assignment is. I'm, I'm learning more and more what mine is. But there's grace that comes with the assignment. There's an anointing and then there's grace. Grace is an enablement, empowerment. It, it's, it's how I function. If I function outside of anything but grace, I'm doing it in my own strength and it, it's not going to go well. I've been wore out, burnt out, suicidal as a pastor years ago because I tried to work in my own strength. Trust me, don't do it. It's not worth it. So, and, it, and, and again, I'm not saying it's because he says, it isn't like Jesus is going, well, you just laid down a little bit of your life. I'm only going to give you a little bit of grace. Because that, that would be like saying, well, he's just going to, you know, you're still living like hell, you know, Monday through Saturday, but on Sunday you, you, you clean it up and come to church and he loves you less because you do it. That's not true. Like, he loves you the same. Like, he's not measuring his love to you. But what if, <laughs> but what if the, what if the, the spiritual principle of, of, of me measuring what I, what I measure to him is measured back to me was applicable here? And it wasn't because he didn't want to give me more grace for the assignment. It was because I only surrendered part of my life. <laughs> and so I measure 10% of my life, and he's like, here's your tithe, here's your tithe of grace. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even saying that's theologically sound. I'm just saying, what if? <laughs> you work it out with Jesus. <laughs> but it says, great grace was upon them all. Great grace was upon them all. The focus is upon the great grace that was on them because grace is what we need for the assignment that we have on the planet. We need grace. We need grace. <clears throat> and, and look what a bunch of like ragtag fishermen that are outcasts and people that, you know, prostitutes and <laughs> they look what they did. Look what they did to the world. They turned the world upside down. Right? And it, and it appears to me that there was just one simple thing that they did. They laid it all down. Look, verse, 30, uh, verse 34. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked, for all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as each one has had need. I'm going to keep reading verse 36 and 37. And Joseph, who is also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I can't find anywhere in here where they tithe. Ha <laughs> 
<laughs> they just gave it. They just gave it all. I, I am not proposing to you that you sell your house or your land and, and bring it to us. I don't. Please don't hear that. I'm just merely pointing out the early church, how they lived, what they lived by, and what the the impact that they made on planet Earth when they lived completely sold out for Jesus. That they sacrificed everything, and and them being willing. To do this thing that was natural was evidence of the thing that they had already done, which was spiritual. The thing that you, the thing that you say, well, you can't see my heart's intentions. No, I, I can't. But a life laid down because love is an action word, or as Sarah says, love looks like something. There will be evidence in my life. There will be fruit. I am going to know whether or not outwardly if I am allowing him to love me. I am going to know outwardly if I have laid everything down. I am going to know outwardly if I still have selfishness and greed and self-centeredness inside of me. I will, I will know it. I will know it's beautiful. I love it. It's conviction. It's the Holy Spirit. He's, he's my best friend. <laughs> he, he is the one that is leading me into all truth. What's the truth? That I was, I was created to be completely free to be myself. How do I become completely free? I can give myself completely to him. If I, there's evidence of bondage in my life or things that are still weighing me down or any of that stuff, the first thing I'm going to do is make sure that my life is completely laid down and that as he points me to truth, I'm going to make sure that I know who I am. But you know, all my declarations of who I am as a son and how loved I am and all that stuff, if I don't lay my life down at his feet and completely surrender my life, those are just going to be good things that I say. Those are going to be things that I'm able to teach you and, and show to other people uh, while I'm up in front of them. But it, but it won't be what he had planned for me. It has to be complete surrender to him. Beautiful, beautiful surrender. So surrendered, it, it, it should make me a little nervous. <laughs> because you know why? You know why I think it should make me a little nervous? Because my life is no longer my own. And that, that makes you nervous, right? You're, I used to say when I first got saved, I'm like, God, I'll, go, I'll do anything for you, but don't send me here. Like, you got places on your list. They're like, don't really want to sleep in the dirt here. Don't really. I'm just being honest. Like, I do. I'm like, man, send me to, let's go, Jesus, let's go to Europe. Let's go <laughs> to evangelize Italy and <laughs> France. Lots of <laughs> pagans and things there. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's not go to the Africa and the bush. Let's not go to the middle. Like, I'd rather not go to the Middle East. The first. I, okay, my first trip outside the country, I went to Brazil and Argentina. Third, I mean, Brazil's second world. Argentina's crazy dirt poor. Um, it, it looks like five miles around the airport in, in Sao, Sao Paulo. It, it looks nice. It's all a show. It's not. It's, it's not. It's, it's total poverty. It's total, it's total poverty uh, outside in Brazil. And then Argentina... Um, is the same way. It looks good around the, their most major airports, and then everything else is just everybody's dirt poor. But that was, you know, everybody's on fire for Jesus, though. 
Like you could just get up and yell Jesus, and they just go crazy. Oh, it was amazing. They're just passionate people. That's just how they are. They're demonstrative. They're passionate. <clears throat> you have to be careful when you come back from those places because you can be angry at the American church. You're like, I don't even know if you even love Jesus. you even worship him? What's that even look like? It's, it's, that's not true, but it's the outward expression of different people who, who have different displays of worship. It doesn't matter what it looks like. I'm just, just being honest. But then the second place I went was Pakistan. <laughs> and now we're going back to Pakistan twice in the same year. And I know without a shadow of a doubt that that's where we're supposed to be. I, I know it. It's not a mission trip. We're building. We're building with them. We're in this. And so that was not on my list of places I wanted to go. <laughs> I was like, please send me closer to Afghanistan right now. Like that wasn't, you know, we didn't really want to go there. But then the Lord started speaking eight years ago. And then again, six years ago. And then he, he confirmed it with prophetic words and and other people told us, and I knew. I'm like, I, I, now I'm in love with the Pakistani. Just Middle East, there's all, anything with Kyrgyzstan, Afghanistan, Iraq, whatever, anything with a stand on the end of it. If it's desert and, and Middle Eastern, and I just, I love them. I just love, I, I love them. ISIS and jihadists and all of them, I love, I love, I love them. I love them. Just like I love Satanists and witches here that we have, I absolutely am in love with the people. And God will, well, a life laid down, a, when it's total surrender, he'll change, he, trust me, it says, we use that verse, he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's, there's, that's twofold meaning. That there are some things that you'll desire that he'll give you. And there are other things that you did not desire. And maybe even before, you didn't want anything to do with but your life laid down and surrendered to him, your heart will change. I didn't want a pastor. I didn't want to, I, I didn't. And then I, and then before we planted, I fell in love with the city of Greenwood. I fell in love with the region. He did that. I didn't do that. I didn't choose that. That wasn't me. That was my life. And I said, you can have it. And I've picked it back up off the altar more times than I can count. That's the only problem with a living sacrifice <laughs> is that it can get up. <laughs> and every morning I get back down on that place and say, you can, you, can have, you can have it all. You can have it all again. You can have my thoughts. You can have my opinions. You can have whatever my ideas are. You can have all of it. My emotions, my will, all of it. You can have every bit. That's what I'm doing every day. I'm reminding myself. It's not as much as telling the Lord. It's, it's more of me saying, you can have this. This is, this, is my, this is my offering to you. This is my offering. It's not a requirement, but it is what he's asking. It's not a have to, it's a get to. But it, it is what he's asking us. It's what he's always been asking. It's never changed. It's always been the same. Will you, will you let me have every bit of you? Will you let me have every area of your life? Will you? Will you, will you do what I, I, I want to do? Will you do it with me? Not for me, but with me. Will you? That's what he's asking us today. Possessors of land. <laughs> and houses, right? <laughs> How much of our bodies are, are made of, of what you can find in dirt? 
<laughs> Possessors of land, right? And houses. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. They sold them and brought them and laid them down at the apostles' feet. Will you, will you, ransom, the, will you ransom the land? Will you, will, you let, will, you, will you sell this today? The temp, will you sell the house that's on it? Will you give it, will you give it all in, in, in the offering today? Will you? They, they did it. I, I'm not talking about money. I told you. It's just to get your attention. Will you, will you, will you do it? It's all he wants. Everything. <laughs> I think it's a pretty fair exchange. Actually, Mike Bickle calls it the scandal of grace. Because it's not fair. Not fair to him. <laughs> it's overly generous to us. Because in the exchange, I get the fullness of him. This is what I believe. Take it or leave it. I believe that when I fully surrender to Him and I fully lay down my life and I put myself, so to speak, in the offering and I make myself a love offering to Him, is that is when I can receive the fullness of His love. It isn't that He doesn't already fully love me. Don't hear that. He's loved you since the foundations, before the foundation of the world. That is not, He loved you, chose you, planned for you to be holy. All those things it says in Ephesians 1 are all true. Every one of them. But how much of his love I receive is dependent on me, not on him. The love's already waiting to be received. It's right here. When I fully surrender my life, I'm able to allow him to fully love me. I fully receive his love. And me fully receiving his love is the most important thing that I can do in all of Christianity outside of, giving, of saying yes to Jesus. Actually, I believe that they're one and the same. But that comes first because I had to learn he loved me. He, 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 it's not about him. He asked for all of us for the sake of, for us, or for the sake of the world would be a better way to say it. It, I, I don't know if it's just sobering or you're like, you're still thinking about tithing and you don't like it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know that I know I'm in a room full of givers, so I'm just messing with you. I, I know the majority of you anyway, and I know how, how you like to give. But it got serious, and so I thought I better, I better lighten the mood. And so let, let me close. Let me close with this. And as I am doing that, there is an envelope in the chair back in front of you or underneath your seat if you are on the front row. There is an envelope. I want each of one of you to grab one envelope, one giving envelope. One giving envelope. And you guys are going to have to share a pen. If you need an envelope, let somebody know. And if you need a pen, also let somebody know. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you why I get to this verse in 2 Corinthians 9. I'm going to close with this, and then we're going we're gonna to ask you to do something if you, if you want to. And so on that envelope, 
I want you to put all your bank information. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> just kidding. It was about your money. <laughs> Slickest tithing teaching you've ever heard. Direct them right out of all their money. I'm just joking, especially if you've been burned by that before. That's probably not funny to you, but <clears throat> for those of you that know me, that's funny because it would that's ridiculous. <clears throat> but I want you, if if that, if if you'll do that today, if you'll lay, if you'll make yourself a love offering to the Lord today, and I'm telling you, living sacrifices will need to get back on the altar every single day. It's a choice, and you have the grace to choose it. I have the grace to choose it. Will you choose to, to write on this envelope today just my life? My life. That's all he wants. That's it. You write on that envelope, my life. And we'll have you bring it to the altar here soon and, 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 and drop it. It's going to be your love offering. You, you are going to be the love offering. I'd rather you give that than all the money in the world. God will supply. <laughs> the more we give away, the more he gives. I don't know. It's something like, I don't know. They told me it worked in the Bible, and we just started doing it. <laughs> so this, isn't, this, is about, this, is, this is about what's most important. This is about what I believe every principle is pointing to of, of giving. It's pointing to, will you give yourself? Will you give the most important offering that you could ever give? A love offering of yourself. This is what I believe that 2 Corinthians 9 actually speaks to this. Even though it is talking about money, I believe that it's twofold. I'm going to read it while you make your decision. I'm going to start in verse 5. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. I have no desire for you to write my life on that envelope because I want to see how many are up here at the end of service. I will not be counting these. I have no interest in that. I'm doing this out of, out of obedience because I believe this is what the Lord is asking, not of us, but of the, uh, not only of us, but of the whole American church. Will we give Him all of us? Will we allow oppression and the things that are coming against us and will continue to come against us? Will we allow them to shape us and mold us more into His image? Huh? Will, will we sacrifice our comforts and realize that Christianity wasn't supposed to be the American model in the first place? It was always supposed to be giving everything to Him, regardless of what comes. Verse 6, But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Just reading you the Bible. And he who sows bountifully, bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he proposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. 
what am I going to sow today? What am I going to sow not just today, but am I going to allow this to be a pattern for tomorrow? Am I going to allow this to be a pattern for my kids and for their kids and for their kids and for their kids? I'm telling you that it's not just about assignment. It's about legacy too. I was just telling the Lord yesterday, I didn't want to do something. I want to go back to school. I didn't want to go back to school. I didn't want to do it. I had insecurities and fears and things that I didn't know I had. And they came out during the conference. And I felt him nudging me in this direction to go. Like, man, I know I'm at all kinds of reasons, all kinds of excuses. I said, but I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I'm teaching at Revive School. I'm doing, you know. And he said, don't let the assignment get in, get in the way of legacy. I've called you to it. I'll give you the grace to do it. Provide everything necessary, but don't let the assignment, don't let what you're currently doing get in the way of legacy because our lives are to be an offering to Him that the generations will reap. It's not about me getting something out of me giving my life to Him. It's about my appropriate response to His marvelous mercy of his grace and his love for me of what he did for me at the cross this is my appropriate response to him and if I reap nothing in this lifetime for that I know that generations will sow will reap bountifully because of this seed that was willing to fall down in the ground and die to myself because that's that's the only way a seed produces fruit (laughs) this is it it is my joy to give my life to him my gosh for some of us in the room we wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for him (laughs) for those of the rest of you that may have had a different upbringing you you may find it a little bit harder (laughs) but I'm like I don't you know (laughs) what else do I do where else do we go there's nowhere else for me There's nowhere else for you. He's what we need. He's what we're made for. I'm not trying to persuade you or manipulate you. It's what you make up in your own heart. What will you give today? If you're not ready to give all of your life, you don't write on that envelope. Nobody's judging you. No interest in that. There's no condemnation. There's no shame. There's just honesty and vulnerability. Right? I know somebody that I admire more than anybody else on the face of the planet say something to me that they weren't ready to do yet. I'm like, man, I admire that. What are you going to make up in your heart today to to sow. Will you go ahead and get the kids ready? Honey, we're going to pray for these kids too. Will you put yourself in the offering? This is, I I, I will remind you of this, that this is, though though it may seem uncomfortable, though it may seem a little foreign to us at the moment, we were made for this. We were made to surrender our lives. We were made to, to sacrifice self. We were made for this. Like this is, I know it may feel foreign at the moment, 
for some of us, it doesn't feel foreign. It's because that truth has transformed my mind. And I realized that as a son, it's my privilege. It's, it's what I get to do. And I lay down and I say, if you send me over in the desert and in the middle of worn, torn, war-torn land, that's where I'll go. If you want to send me down the street to the witchcraft fair, that's where I'll go. If you just, you know, whatever it is, work. You want to send me to my school? Whatever it is, whatever you want to do, I'll, I'll do it. You have my yes. Before you ask, you have my yes. <laughs> this is it. This is the Christian life. This is what we signed up for. And not just signed up for. It's what you and I were made for. Are they coming? Yeah, I do. Yeah, thank you. I want to pray for impartation for these kids. And I want you all to help me. First, I want to get out from behind there real quick. <clears throat> yeah, you guys can just stay on that wall real fast, would you? Just You're doing a great job lined up. Proper, you look good. Somebody's lined up for the water fountain or something before bathroom at school before, haven't you? That's where I learned how to get in a line. <laughs> That's where I learned that I wasn't very good at it either. Squirrel. <laughs> Still like that a little bit. <clears throat> so this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're, we're a few minutes over, but I don't, I don't hope you don't care about time right now. If you need to leave, by all means, you can absolutely leave. Um, if, if, the, if those kids have their their Give me just a minute, and if those kids, their parents want to bring them up after this, they can bring them up for prayer, for sure. Thank you. So I'm going to pray, and your decision may have already been made. After we pray for the kids, pray for you guys, invite the Holy Spirit to come, and I believe impartation is going to start to take place. It, it probably already has. I'm sometimes oblivious to those things. I feel Him in the room. And then after the kids are prayed for, essentially we're going to have another, we're going to have an altar call, I guess. I hate to even use that term. But I want you to come and bring your envelope up to the altar if that's what you, if you're ready to put your, put your life as a love offering in the basket that we don't have. We don't have baskets here. We have a box and and I've taken it off the wall once. <laughs> and uh, now it's lagged in there pretty good. And so we're not going to grab that. But, but this will be the offering basket up here. I slowed this thing down and made it a little more lighthearted because I felt like some of you have been manipulated into doing things before in church. I'm, the <laughs> manipulation's not, it's not in my, in my gift set. So I'm sorry. But, but also, thank you, Aureli. She got a literal basket for me. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Should have known some, one of the acts of service people were going to be sure to. Thank you. Now you have a basket to put, and I'm going to put it off to the side, so <clears throat> you're not coming to me like I, I'm the high priest, <clears throat> except your offering. But I felt like that some of you had been manipulated and doing things, and, and somebody manipulates you, you know, maybe they just didn't know better. Maybe they didn't 
maybe, maybe they did. I don't know. But why you come down here and put your life in, as a love offering in the basket needs to be because you've made it up in your own heart. Because you're the one that's going to wake up with you tomorrow morning. <laughs> and I'm not going to be there to give another altar call. <laughs> you probably won't wake up to Bethel, you know what I mean? You, you may wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're going to need to, as William Wood told us, you're going to have to get in the mirror and, and preach to yourself. I'm an offering. I'll lay my life down. I'll lay my opinion. I'll lay my attitude down. I pick my toothbrush up. Lay this morning breath down too. We often joke how they wake up in the morning in the movies and kiss. And I'm like, that ain't real life. <laughs> you know, you all, you're like, that ain't real life. Let me try that. What do, what, do you, what do you want to do? And so Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come with fire, with all the impartation that heaven has for this family, for the Revive the World family today. I thank you for every person, wherever they're at in their walk right now, wherever they're at in their decision-making of, of giving their life fully to you, or if they only can surrender a little bit at the moment, I thank you that they're surrendered at all. I thank you. Father, for willing hearts to give generously today. And I thank you that fire falls, always falls on sacrifice. And so thank you, Father, for fresh impartation coming for every person today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for these kids. We're going to pray for we'll get Arelli and Joe and, and, and Lindsay and Sarah we get you up and we line these kids up. We're just going to pray for them as they come through and then we'll send them back out there because I know that tension span is, I'm probably nearing the end of it right now for them. And so thank you, Father, for the impartation for each one of these little ones. Come on. Come on through. We're going to pray for you. Just walk on through. Yep. Thanks, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Fire. Bless him, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Fire on him, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Thank you. Fire, Lord. Bless him. Love, baptism of love. Thank you for the impartation. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We bless each one. Thank you for gifts, callings, anointings, graces being released to everyone. We thank you for giftings unlocked. We thank you for anointings unlocked. We thank you for them going further, faster than we could ever dream of going. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Father. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Jesus, all you've got in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
So just the, the five of us, and we're going to put this basket out there. Well, I didn't know plans. Yeah. We're going to have you come up. You're going to start your line at the, at the back. Like you were getting communion. You just come and just drop it in, and we're going to pray for you as, you as you come by. Okay? So, Father, thank you for every person. Bless everyone where they're at in their walk right now. We thank you for them, everybody getting exactly what you want them to have today, regardless of where they're at, regardless if they're coming up here or not. We bless them. We thank you for their life being an offering in Jesus' name. We'll have you guys over here, and they'll go off to that way. Yep. 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 Thanks, Jesus. Bless them. Thank you. Thank you, Father. It was an accident, but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, thank you, Father. Every person that's online right now, every person that's online right now, we release fresh fire and impartation upon every one of them right now. We pray, yes, they receive everything that's happening here and even more. Thank you. We bless every one of you online. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.org.